This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with former Iowa State wide receiver Stan Hickson. After a successful career under Earl Bruce, Hickson went into coaching himself and had a long and distinguished career as a receivers coach in college and the NFL. At last weekend's Bruce era reunion, Tom Crochelle sat down with Stan Hickson. How'd you get to Iowa State? Uh, originally, I was being recruited in 1975, but Coach Bruce Staff, Coach Chaudelau, recruited me in high school, so we came up for a visit, and that's when the journey all began in 1975. What was it that you fell in love with? Well, at the time, it was a Big 8 conference. By then, it's kind of consumed to the SEC, and it was a dominate conference with Oklahoma, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and I was really intrigued by that. And, and at the time, being, being playing against Oklahoma and Nebraska. It had been a very tough 75 season, and you're moving into the 76 campaign. Did you have a feeling that this is a team that's really going to turn the tables? Yes and no. At the time, in 75, I was a freshman. So I played some freshman football and then played a little bit of varsity football, but not, not much. I was a quarterback then. But I had a chance to learn the system and the players that above me, uh, Luther Blue, Forrest Smith, Bud Hardeman, you know, Wayne Stanley and that group. And really we felt that even though we could have been like three and eight, that we should have been at least eight three. Give us one of those barely lost, you know, one barely lost, that type of situation. So it's a matter of getting, getting on the right track and everybody been on the same page. Can you talk about what it was like to play for Earl Bruce. Coach Bruce was a very strict, disciplined coach, and he always preached doing things the right way, not the easy way. And also, he really preached also academics. Uh, you're here to get education, also to play football. And it wasn't a shortcut, you know. <laughs> there are no shortcuts to success. He always said that. And really, uh, my freshman year, uh, he was always a fussy kind of guy, vocal guy. It took me a while to get used to that. Then by my junior year, I was fine with it, you know. But my freshman year, it was like, oh man, don't screw up, you know, that type of thing. Start out strong in the, in the non-conference games and then play Oklahoma tough, then go to Missouri. This is a Missouri team that's ranked seventh. Today, it's considered quite possibly the greatest road win the school has ever had. Going into that, game. Was there a confidence about you guys? Yes, because we were, we were a good team. And Coach Bruce always reminded us we were a good team. And obviously we planned against a really good team, especially on paper. We felt if we just didn't turn it over, we played Iowa State football and made some plays, obviously stopped them on defense, you know, that type of deal. And then just take our opportunities when it, when it presented itself, we have a good chance to win the game. So we, we thought we had a chance to win the game. Obviously, they playing at home, you figured that was going to be uh, at the upper hand. But it was a, it was a cold, chilly day. <laughs> I never forget it. It was a cold, chilly day, and we got pictures of it. Uh, my wife and I little scrapbook there. But and we played good football, and we we won the game. And then from then on, the confidence just continued to just shot up. Going into the Nebraska game, huge game. Coach Bruce has said he was never so sure of a team that was going to win the game as he was that game. He said he knew he was going to, we were going to win that game. But that fall had to be a really exciting time in town. Iowa State hadn't had anything like this. Well, it's just the people 
in the community was very fired up at the university and obviously it had been down and now they saw us coming up and winning and being a good, doing a good job representing the community. And uh, the confidence and the atmosphere was just at a fever pitch as that year went along. Really playing for the school, playing for the community, and the more we won, the better we felt, the more confidence we, the more confidence we got, and it just kept on going the whole year. The Nebraska game, it's kind of a back and forth affair. What are your keenest memories of that day? Luther Blue might have ran the kickoff by you know, and, and during that time, I was his backup at receiver, but also I was his tandem on the kick return team. You so know, you were out there? I was out there. Describe the play as you remember. You know, obviously, uh, the ball was coming to Luther. I'm making sure he's going to catch the ball, and I'm making sure he catches the ball. He just takes off. I'm trying to catch up, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. And then I ended up getting a block on the side, that type of thing. But he made a play and ran for a touchdown. And that was my biggest memory of that game, uh, Luther Blue's return. I'm sure we made plays back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but that kick return what stands out. You played on three marquee Iowa State football teams. Yes, I did. Do you consider the 76 team to be the best of the three? The 76 team probably was the best. The best Why team. would you say that? Uh, because coming from the three and eight, you know, to the eight and three, and, you know, like the train that could, the train that you know, kept on pushing, kept on pushing. That probably was the best team, but I think the, my senior year had the most fun on that 8-3 team. But I think we had the best players on that 76 team. Because you got to coach so long, okay, <laughs> right? Right. So you've evaluated a lot of talent right. for a long time. Yes, I have. Uh, all right. Looking back at the guys on those teams that you played with here, who are the ones that really stood out to you? That now, looking back through your coaching prism, were, wow. You know, I didn't even realize when I was 21 yeah. years old how good this guy was. The Stenrue brothers, Mike and Mungo Stenrue, they were outstanding. Dexter Green, okay. Can you tell me the Stenrue brothers? Yes. Why did you think they were great? Well, because teams couldn't run the ball. One played nose and one played defensive end. But when the team can't run the ball on you, you got a good chance of winning the game <laughs> from a coaching perspective, you know. You know, and, and they were really good. I remember Rick White at defensive end. And, but see, Rick was an undersized guy, 5'11", 6'1", but he was all big eight. For, for whatever reason, he made so many sacks, you know. Then you had Wayne Stanley, Buddy Hardeman, Forrest Smith was a receiver. Uh, Jack Seabrook uh, was a fullback. Perdicombe, Tony Hawkins, side bass. I mean, names go on and on. From, from that era that I could, that pops in my head. What made Dexter Green a great back? Dexter's my roommate, believe it or not, for three years. Well, also then tell us what made him a great player and what kind of person was he? Well, if you roomed with him, you well, should know. Dexter was a very confident player. And you know, his nickname was Money Green, <laughs> okay? You know, and then we, we roomed for three years, but he's always was, had a good feeling about himself that, that he can get the job done. Just give me the ball. And, you know, give me the ball. I, I can catch it. I can run it. That type of thing, how he was. But, you know, uh, and then he usually did, you know, because he, he had a kind of what I would call a sneaky quickness, you know, speed-wise. He won the blazer, but he was very productive. 
and not many people caught him from behind, if I remember right. You know, and we had a lot of uh, playful moments. Uh, with you know, his wife was Betty, my wife was Rebecca. You know, as along the way, uh, the couples being out together and just having fun. Your '76 team did not get to go to a bowl. Right. Coming back '77, was there a feeling like this year we're going? Yes, you know, and we were really pissed because I think that well, we had, had like the number three offense in the in the country and didn't go to a bowl game. Obviously, it was limited to bowls at the time. So we was really upset, and then that was the motivation from that 7-16 going into the 7-7 season that kind of kept us going on that. And the players believed that we had a good team and had good players coming back. Tell us about what it was like to be uh, play in the Iowa game in 77. I don't think there will, there will never be a game ever that will have the buildup in our state yes. that this game had. The 77 season was the first time we were playing Iowa, I guess in 30 years, and we're playing at Iowa. And the buildup was huge. And we felt that, uh, you know, the rivalry that we, I came with to play these guys and. It was at a fever pitch also. Obviously, we lost that particular game uh, to them. And it was, a, it was a big blow. It was a big blow uh, that season, losing Iowa that we thought we should have we won. You know, and then we had to regroup and come back and get back on track. You know, like Coach Bruce always said, you know, one game doesn't make a season. But we as players, you know, we got to win this game. <laughs> kept up, keep staying on this, stay this row. But you know, each game is so important, and that game took on a huge significance uh, in our season at that time. But we didn't know what was going to happen from then on. So you guys go to Nebraska. Iowa State hadn't won there since Dwight Eisenhower was president. I am hip, runs for a long touchdown almost right away in the in the game, right. and then it was a totally different game. Yes, going into that particular game, you know, we felt good about the game obviously because we had beat them the year before uh, but playing their place I think what, what kind of was a helpful motivation was the night before the game we worked out at one of the smaller school stadium uh, practice facility and a TV camera from Nebraska film uh, one of our trick plays or something and they had it on TV that night and Mike Stanzio he is went crazy I mean, we, they tore up some, tore up some hotel rooms, that type of thing, you know. And then uh, Coach Bruce, he just kept the team together. Even though when Hip had that long run, hey, we're still in it. We, we're doing good. We're going to be fine. Just settle down, settle down, you know, like most good coaches do. And, and we just kept grinding away and ended up winning the game. And that was a, a huge win. You know, you dream it, you hope for it, you pray for it, and then it actually happened. Everything came true then everybody really believe that we can do anything. The 77 uh, team goes on to play in the Peach Bowl. Can you talk about the whole experience of being in a bowl game? It was the first yes. time you'd been in one? First time I'd been in the Peach Bowl. Really, myself being from Lakeland, Florida, been from Florida, and the Peach Bowl was in Atlanta, so my family got a chance to come see us play. And that time, my girlfriend was Rebecca Halton. She was in the band. So the band came to the game, so that was even better, you know. So we had a great time. No, it was a little rainy day. It was, it was outside at that time. Uh, rainy day, a little drizzle here and there. But we didn't play as good as we want to, and they obviously played better. They, they won the game. You know, Ted Brown, Vince Evans, those guys won the game. And, but, you know, we, we achieved. We got there. 
that we know once you go the first time, you want to go again. Motivation from that bowl game to the next season. The 78 team, how great was it to beat Iowa 31 to, to nothing over that, there that, after, after the disappointment of the year before? Losing to them in 77 and beating them again at their place, I think it was two years back to back at their place. Their place, it was 31 nothing, and that's one of, you know, personally, it was one of, one of my biggest highlights at, for that particular game. Like I said, my wife, she was from Waterloo, so it was a hometown deal type too, you know. But uh, the team played extremely well, and we was just pissed off from the year before, because we should have beat them the year before. One of those shoulda, woulda, couldas, but it didn't happen, so we had to prove our point the following year. And I think beating them 31 nothing, we really felt real good about ourselves. Now you talked uh, about your senior season and how much you enjoyed that season. What are the things that give you the warmest feeling now looking back on that? Well, I guess, you know, being a senior, going into one of the leadership roles on the team, and also uh, probably the Iowa game was, was a really big uh, game for me and at, at that particular time. And then we struggled for a minute, and then we got back going again. We kind of put the troops together went back on this on this winning streak and then got to the point where we got to the bowl game. It was a Hall of Fame bowl, I think, in Birmingham. But it was a big accomplishment going 8-3, 8-3, And that was the last year. My last year was 8-3, so we, we felt good about that. You uh, went on to a distinguished uh, coaching career. With that perspective, looking back, was Iowa State the right choice for you, and if so, why? Well, Iowa State was the right choice for me. Number one, that's why I met my wife. You know, we've been married for 38 years now. Then really, uh, Tom Lichtenberg was my position coach uh, for my four years here, also as a quarterback and as a receiver. And then really on the leadership of Coach Bruce, you know, and that was the key, the foundation, you know, doing things the way he wanted to do things and his philosophy how he ran the team. It was the right choice for me. I came for the football, but I ended up getting my wife and getting my education, and then also having a good time in football. Wayne Stanley talked glowingly about Tom Lichtenberg. I'd just like you to describe what kind of man he was. Tom Lichtenberg was a first class, he was a better person than a coach. He was a good coach, but a good family man, Christian guy, had a great family. And also, uh, my philosophy from coaching kind of comes from him. I'm not a fusser-cusser, as some guys are. That's, that's not me. My players know what, what I say is what I mean, and there are some, there are some repercussions when you don't do what you're supposed to do, but it's a different way of doing it. You know, it's kind of like the Tony Dungeon type, too, you know, just you, know, you got to fuss and cuss at people. You know, you can be hard and stern and get it done the right way, but Tom Lichtenberg gave my first full-time job. As a coach in 1980, uh, I left in 80 to be a part-time coach at Richmond, and Tom Lichtenberg gave me a full-time job at Moorhead State. So I was there for three years. We've been connected until he passed away about three, three or four years ago. Uh, but and, and Sue Ann and, and, and my family, we still talk from time to time. And so you know, he was a big influence on me. You know, the one of the biggest of Tom Lichtenberg was. All those practices when you lined up, who didn't you like to line up against uh, on the other side of the ball? Mike Clemens was one of the corners, but really the safety was Tony Hawkins. 
So it wasn't really the corners, it was Tony Hawkins, you know. Okay. Tell us what made him a great player. Tony, he can diagnose uh, the pass and the run. I think it could have been my, my, my freshman year, he might have led the team in tackles. He was a hitter, he was smart. My sophomore year, I caught a pass and over the middle, and he hit me so hard, they gave me the evening practice off because I was, I was so dizzy. But he was a great player and good person.